Hey beautiful people, today I am joined by an all-time friend and a Gagasan and my girl Carly. We go over trauma and how it affects our adulthood, whether it's with dating, money, and other things. So I gotta play some ads before we get into it. So while those ads are playing, grab your wine, champagne, water, blunt, or tea, whatever you want, and enjoy the ride. Let me just start this. All right, I'm gonna be countdown now. Right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, it's Antonio here at Nana Tings, and I got a special guest, a girl from way back when that I have not seen in a hot ass minute, Miss Carly. Hello, hello. <laughs> She's all grown up and married. <laughs> grown up and super married. Hello. The last time I think I saw you was uh, you watched this. Oh my god, yeah, it was my brother, you, and I watching a scary movie in the living room, and you couldn't sleep. <laughs> by yourself I could not sleep and then to add to it so for the people who are listening at home it didn't help because so you have this beautiful photo of your grandparents like on your mom's wall yes. and it's like this beautiful like antique photo but like the horror movie we watched was about like a haunting because of like cursed antique spirits and I was like this is terrible this is horrible <laughs> I will never forget that you came in the room at like 1 a.m. and I was, you were like, can I just sit on the floor in the middle? I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when did I meet you though? Like, twenty. Mm, I mean, like the time. jump of like Gaga standing was like 09, 08. It was, it was a very long time. I met your brother, I think in 2012. So like 2011, okay, so, 2012. Yeah. I do remember partying with you for R-Pop. So yeah, I definitely yeah. 2013 a little bit before. Wow, fuck, girl, time flies. Time fl- it's been almost like a decade. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we're grown. <laughs> like, what happened? I'm like, my last memory with you is like, us just like fucking around and being chaotic. And like, you're marrying, you look gorgeous, by the way. Like, world blow up. I mean, you were pretty back then, but this is like a woman. And yeah. Yeah, I'm doing my thing. Like, I was like, I turned 33. So I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like it came why? so quick literally oh my quick. goodness um so you for anyone that's listening Carly is a very opinionated but also educated woman so I'm really excited to have her on this podcast because you are very well spoken you've always been since I've known you um and you're not afraid to say an opinion which I admire and that's why I do these podcasts because like bitch if you got something to say and you're educated on it say it right um so yeah, I want to just jump right into it. Um, I've been focusing on my own childhood trauma and stuff. So I, I sort of created a platform for other people to hear, you know, like I've had a lot of people DM me and be like, yo, like things that happened to me as a child really affects how I date and stuff. So um, I think your story and what you're going to say is actually going to help a lot of people. So I just want to ask you what, let's just dive into it. What kind of trauma have you seen lately maybe um, has affected your actions in adulthood? Oh yeah, let's dive right in. Yeah. <laughs> So I, so I guess to start, so professionally, I work as a social worker for victims of crime. Um, So like I namely work in the field of domestic violence, sexual assault, like all of that kind of jazz. Um, But before I worked in this field, I kind of worked in like uh, working with people who didn't have homes. So the the homeless population and part of like my story was figuring out like, why am I so drawn to this work? And for most of my childhood, um, I was homeless. So I grew up very, very poor. We didn't have like any money. Like there was the poverty line. And then there was like, if you jump down like 15 steps, there were we. We didn't have, like my mom never worked. We didn't have income. Um, So we grew up really, or I grew up really, really poor. And 
I think as an adult, so now I live in my own house, right? Like I own a home, I'm married. Um, but me now living in my own house as an adult, so I'm 28. I got this house when I was 25. And this is the longest I've been stably housed. And so like realizing and like looking back and like being like, wow, you know, you, the next chapter of my life, right? Like I overcame like growing up poor, obviously I went to college, I got my education, I did what I was supposed to do. And I'm using quotation marks here because everyone's path is different. And so I did all of that to escape, you know, being in shelter. We never lived in shelter, really being homeless and like being in um, all of these different predicaments with our housing situation. And then to go back after I graduated and be like, you know what? No, like I want to help people. Um, that definitely, I feel like is the biggest way that like my trauma of childhood has uh, materialized itself into my adulthood. Um, professionally, I mean, like my whole career, I've shaped around helping people overcome their own traumas. So that way they can be, you know, healthy, happy people. Yeah, um, that's amazing that you took it in a really positive direction. Like, because, you know, some people, my brother and I, we, we've grew up homeless too. We like, um, were homeless twice. And I, you know, I, it's something I need to work on. So that the money thing, right? You're right. Like how you say you got a house, you're doing your thing. As I make more money, I need to like, being frugal is fine at times, right? Like if you need to save for something, but there's moments where like, I'm super frugal or cheap for no reason, right? It could be over like a $20 thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is coming back from when I was homeless and I had to scrounge up pennies and I'm like 10, 12 and my mom, she's working three jobs, but I have to fucking still help her. And it's crazy that you say that because like, yeah, it just gave me a flashback to like the reason why I think I have like traumatic money issues um, is because of that. And I think that's so brave of you that you're able to take something that could be really dark and you know those moments may have been dark for you but you were able to really get back actually with this amazing career of yours thank you yeah and I really love what you said like traumatic money issues I've never heard that like phrase like that before because I definitely have it as an adult so like I know I'm one of those people because I didn't have anything as a child like I had very very little and then because we had to move so much because we were so unstably housed like if I couldn't fit all of my possessions into like a small bag, right? Like a, a trash bag, a lawn and leaf bag, a suitcase, whatever. If I couldn't fit my possessions into like a bag to be able to take it with me wherever we were moving, it got left behind. So like as a child, like I don't have like a lot of like things from like, you know, normal people would have like your baby book. You would have like, like I don't even have my high school diploma. I graduated high school. There's photos of me from graduation. Um, but like, I don't have my physical high school diploma because we moved so much. So me as an adult, I'm like, oh yeah. Like, it's like, uh, what's that Ariana Grande? I want it. I got it. Like yeah. <laughs> everything that I see, I'm like, oh, I have to have it. Like I have to have it because I deserve it. Right. But then also you recognize. And so this is kind of back to the first question and realizing like how, what are some toxic behaviors from my childhood? I realized in like not having anything as a child, now as an adult, I expect an abundance of things, right? Because I deserve an abundance of things, but sis, you can't always afford an abundance of things. Tell it to my credit card, <laughs> please, 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 please. Like, 
my so okay i have a follow-up question then do you have you found a like gray area or like a fine line of like where you could have your bougie abundance moment but like not like a manically extreme because i haven't yet at time i mean there's moments where i'm like okay i'll be good but then yeah that feeling comes out of nowhere sometimes yeah i one and two so i found balance right um so I had to stop cutting people off who needed me financially for things, right? Mm. Because Mm. like before it was like, I would be siphoning off my money to like help with my mom's electric bill, help with her utilities, et cetera. And the older that I got, I was like, I can't keep doing this. But then also then when I had more free money in my pocket, I'm kind of just like, "Mm, free money, I can burn this. So it's, (laughs) I've developed a lot of hobbies that like, I think that people would think are like, non-expensive like nuanced hobbies I'm like oh I like makeup I like plants like you know these are things that I can do that'll I'll spend time and not money I have not found that balance yet I'm sitting in front of my vanity that's like built up with all this expensive ass makeup that I don't even wear half the time just because it looks pretty and then next to my beautiful curated cabinet of like rare tropical plants like no, she's still bougie. She has not developed the budget. I <laughs> don't know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm the same way though. And I, I honestly think it stems from that childhood experience. It, it seriously does. Um, yeah, but you've grown, I girl, you've grown so much already though. But yeah, that give me some budget tips when you find them because I'm over here. So like, I don't know where they're at. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know her. So with, helping your mom, I was in the same boat um till today like even if she's she's been better thankfully but like sometimes we have to lay out money for like rent and stuff but um i have you ever taken on the like fixer role or like the savior complex what so what is your vibe on that because i've i did a few episodes about breaking it and i finally am breaking it as of two months ago i had this like altercation with my mom and then you know you know my mom personally where like i love her she would die for me right she's so loyal but there was that bond where like you know, the, the, the boundaries get, you know, blended in and then I yeah. become the fixer again. Right. And I had to stop it with friends, boyfriends, because I was dating fucking tragic men and thinking that like our, you know, everything that we had together is that I could fix you because you're broken. And then I realized I was having it with my mom this whole time. So yeah. you being a social worker and also just having experience of, you know, helping your mom and being through situations. What, uh, yeah, where's your viewpoint on that? And are you still in that role? And have you challenged that role? So, and for people who are listening at home, I just have to say shout out to your mom because I absolutely love your mom. Like you're like, your mom would die for you. Your mom would die for me too. Like that's how loyal she is. My mom still talks about you till today, by the way. She literally brought up your wedding. Like I think a month ago, she was like, Antonio, you remember like Carly just got married. She's so cute. I'm like, mom. Yeah. I was like, she's like, when is she coming up here? I'm like, I don't ask Vito. Like tell him to call her and say, come. I love her. I, I, I genuinely adore your mom. She's such a great woman. I, I can't even say enough things yeah, like that are great about her. She's a great person. And I think anyone who's met you or your brother 100% could also agree that you are great people because your mother is a great person. So thank you. But to get to your question. So yes. So I realized a lot of um, a lot of my childhood trauma comes from the fact that I didn't have a childhood because I had to be like the parent role. I had to be the one that had to step in to help problem solve situations and things that like I really had no business kind of problem solving um and so that became like a natural I don't say natural 
because it's not natural. It became a normalized part of my relationship with my mother. Like if my mother had a problem, instead of trying to figure it out or fix it herself, she would come to me, right? Um, and then it became my responsibility to figure out and fix the problem. Like it also became my burden. And what really kind of clicked for me, so I said my mother, she never worked my entire life. And it was a really big step for me to go to college. And so I've always worked. I've worked since I was 14 years old, which is like, I live in Delaware and it's the youngest age you can legally get a job in Delaware. And even when I was working at 14, I was working 40 hour weeks because that gave me an opportunity to be able to take care of myself, provide for myself, but also provide for my family. And so when I went to college, obviously you have to dedicate more time to schooling. Like, you know, you have less free time, et cetera. But I still was working like two jobs. And I just remember my mom, like it was, we were homeless. This was like a bout of homelessness um, where we, I had to go to work. And I think we had, we were living in a hotel at the time and the bill, the daily bill of the hotel had to be paid. And I had to go to class and like, I couldn't go to work. I was off, I was working at a waitress. So like you get your daily tips or whatever. And my mom was like, I need you to pick up a shift. Like today, I need you to pick up a shift. And I was like, mom, I have class, I can't. And she was like, I need you to drop out of school to be able to do this. Damn. And I'm like, that was like red flag, like straight up. Like, cause I just remember always thinking like as a child, you know, my mom is poor. We are poor because my mom didn't have access to education and better opportunities. And so if I want to not be poor as an adult, then I need to educate myself so I can have that access. Yep. Newsflash, I'm a social worker, so I'm still poor, even as educated as I am. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, that's a whole <laughs> question about payment for certain jobs that actually give back, but yeah. Yeah. America, uh, <laughs> but it was just realizing that like, okay, you know, I, there are some things I had at that moment, I realized I needed to have boundaries because there are some things that I need to do for myself to be able to take care of myself and the life that I want to have for myself. And I realized, I think within that moment, like I have choices and my choice can be to take on this role where my mother, you know, is waiting for me to provide for her or I can provide for myself, right? Like I can, there's like, I'm not a biblical person, but it's like, you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. But if you give him a fish, he eats for a day. And it was just like, I can't, I can't be that person for you that brings a fish every day. Like you have to learn to do this for yourself. So I definitely, I took on boundaries. Obviously I went to school, I finished my whole thing. Um, but I also had to cut communication with my mom, like later on in life. I do the same um, yeah. It, it, and it was really difficult because there's really no like how to guide on like how to cut communication with your mother, right? everyone's always like, that's your mother. Like, oh my God, how could you, right? Oh. If you don't talk to your mom, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, that's like, it's never that like you could have a, an abusive parent. It's never, you know, it's always, there's something wrong with you. And so I had to go through a lot of unlearning. And like, that was part of like me creating my boundaries and me, you know, empowering myself, but also to empower my mother to be able to say, hey, like, you are in charge of your own life, just as I'm in charge of mine. These are my choices and my decisions. This is how I'm getting to this space. And I want the same for you, but your choices and your decisions are your own. 
And that was just kind of like the breaking point and like me no longer having to be that person that carried all her burdens. Cause I ain't doing that. And I'm the same way with my clients. Like I, I love my clients. I will fight tooth and nail for them every single day, but I have to empower them because, you know, part of the victimization process around domestic violence is, you know, you are made to feel less than like you are made to feel like you don't have choices. And part of building someone back up is empowering them to let them know they do have choices and the choices are there and they're scary. And even if they make the wrong choice, it's okay, but it's still theirs to make. Wow. So all about empowerment. Um, you know, your last part you're saying about your mom, like that's something I just recently went through. Like it was like a little awkward for like a month or two of like not as much I mean we're living together so it was weird but like I really needed to step back and reevaluate how I want to be as a 30 year 30 year old man right like I had to unwire myself and because it is conditioning right when you're a kid you're we're I could just tell the way you are like we're fucking loyal to our mom especially when it's a homeless situation or or these things that are so unknown and and weird and you know and dark and yeah I had to um I'm still unconditioning myself because it is 30 years of the same shit, right? So um, kudos to you for realizing that. And it is hard. It's very hard making a boundary with your parents, um, especially a mother. I I mean, we both did it, but <laughs> it's uh, there is no guidebook. You're right. And there's a lot of judgment. Like I had a lot of people be like, your mom's so sweet. This and that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not assessing her character. I think she raised me well to be a good person. Um, there's just a lot of trauma and a lot of miscommunication when I was a kid. That yeah. wasn't for me, you know? And that's just the reality, right? It's owning your narrative. And yeah, so you work with domestic abuse survivors, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, okay, maybe it's like the empath in me because I'm always like just feeling these waves of energy from people. How do you like, uh, shelter yourself from like trauma or like taking on, you know, your client's trauma. Yeah, that's really difficult. I, and I, like, (laughs) I imagine I like to think that I do it very well. Right. Like I like to think because I go into, you know, work, I have very strict boundaries, right? Like I'm very good at empathizing with people. I'm very good at relating to people, you know, but I also, specifically work with people when I have to listen to them tell me about the worst events in the worst days of their life yeah and it's very and I specifically now I work in SVU so I work a lot with children and I work with children who are victims of sexual assault so to hear a kid right like oh my god I I'm not a crying person like I'm, I'm I'm not this week I had a trial with a uh teenage victim and I like broke down in like the courthouse like it was it's just so painful um but I think that for me to kind of keep myself shielded from that I really try to um I don't try to focus on that I really try to learn a lot about people outside of their trauma you know what I mean so like my space and my work with people sometimes is really limited sometimes I only work with them for six months or a year um but in that time, I try to learn, you know, how's your family? Do you have a dog? What kind of cereal do you like? Right. And I really try to create a picture and a narrative of them as a person outside of them just being a victim. And that kind of helps me heal my heart and mind too, because it's, it helps create just a different picture of this person. Do you know what I mean? And it really kind of helps me to be like, you know, I, I read police reports every day that like detail very graphic and brutal 
events. And, you know, if I only get that version, then I'm going to go home every day and cry. But if I get to talk to somebody about their weekend and that they went to the mall and they bought new jeans that make them feel great, like that makes me feel good. And, you know, it's just about helping a person feel like a person again and creating that for not only myself, but also for them. I was going to say, I feel like when someone goes through something that invasive and or actually intrusive, um, that's so nice that you're, you know, you focus on who they are as a person, because you're right. If you sink in that trauma, you could become a a victim forever. And I I love what you said earlier, how like you help these victims see that they have that potential of being that like badass, right. That boss. Um, Yeah. Wow. Uh, I give you kudos though, girl. Cause I, I would be, I I think I'd be like crying (laughs) every fucking day. (laughs) Damn. Like I, so my, my best friend Megan, she's a social worker too. And yeah, I, anyone that's a social worker or therapist um, or anyone that's just there to listen to people that are going through traumatic things, like y'all are amazing. Y'all are, you are the people we need, sis. We need objective opinions. We need people that are understanding or someone that's like there for us that like we can't, even even if we can't trust our own family, right? Y'all are there. So kudos to y'all. I mean, also this government needs to make the pay rate a little bit better because I don't understand how these corporates that are enslaving people in different countries are making billions when people like you that are saving lives and helping others, you know, um, or like suicide preventions and things like that, that are non even nonprofit orgs. I'm over here like, come on, sis. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, you go girl. Um, But yeah, so uh, my next question of a trauma is have you experienced, okay, have you had the trauma from childhood affect how you dated? Or I guess, um, maybe past tense, because I feel like you're in a really good place right now. Obviously, you're married and you're vibing, you're glowing, but like in the past. Yeah, no, even it's funny because so even as good as my relationship is right now, um, I my childhood trauma and the way that I was raised, it it always shows up in my relationship. Um, So, for example, I I have attachment issues. Um, because of how I was raised, (laughs) I I have attachment issues and it looks like I don't have a shirt on. I swear I have a shirt on, Um, She had her but I'm for it. (laughs) I was like, she's giving it. She's going for it. No, but I, like, I have attachment issues and, you know, my husband, he was raised completely different than how I was. He had, you know, a two parent household. They were, you know, middle class, upper middle class, like they had everything they kind of needed in life. And so his attachment style is very different from mine. And when we first started dating, it was like very chaotic. Cause I, you know, I would be like, oh, well, you don't love me because you can't relate to me like this. And I need you to do this like this. And so like, yeah, it really, <laughs> it's, I'm just laughing. Cause like I, looking back over the course of my relationship with my husband, we've been together for six years. The me, the version of me that I was six years ago, I would not have touched with a six foot pole because I was so chaotic. I was so like, there were just so many things running in my mind that I hadn't healed from. Like I, I would just drink all the time which was like a very um I still drink but I would drink all of the time and that was like what I realized is a very normal coping skill that I grew up with like we never had money for 
food. I would like, you know, go days without eating food. You know, I lived a very long time in my life without having utilities on in a house. Like I literally lived in an abandoned house for most of my life and there was always alcohol. And so, you know, I would just drink and drink and drink. And I feel like there were months of my relationship where I was just like drunk and, you know, God bless my saint of a husband who <laughs> saw all of my chaoticness and was like, I'm going to stick with this person anyway, because they're serving a love and I'm going to cry. Um, Is this a safe space? You all the tears, girl. I'm here for you. Yeah. But it wasn't until like I got in therapy and I really started to like do the work around like, you know, unpacking my childhood and understanding that things that I normalized were not normal and that you know, I, I can have healthy relationships. I can unlearn things about myself and that doesn't make me bad at all. Exactly. Yep. And so that was always a fear, not really a fear, but that was always the outcome of other relationships that I would have, you know, I, my trauma would manifest in a way and they would be like, you're bad. This is your fault. This is without like doing the deeper understanding of work to be like, no, like, she's not bad, bad shit has happened to her. And this is the way that she responds to it. And so, you know, I also think, and I'm going to go on the limb here. It was also, it's also an unfair standard for me to expect that from other people when I didn't know that myself. So if any of my exes are listening, I forgive you. (laughs) A little. Um, I don't think you're going out on a limb because I, <laughs> I, I look back at my trauma in my mid twenties or how I was like taking the trauma from childhood and throwing it when I was dating and stuff. And same, I, I, I was not self-aware at all. First of all, I didn't even open my intuition up yet. Like I wasn't even figuring out who I was figuring out who I was. I didn't realize that a lot of my shit came from this. And yeah, my trauma with dating was trying to fix them. And then the neediness. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm talking to someone currently. I'm not going to get into it because, you know, guys are guys. It may, it may fail. Who knows? You know, I'm just, you know, but things are good. Yeah. But this person, whether it fails or not, has taught me already that you're right. What you said about your husband, like people do grow up differently. And the guy that I'm talking to is two parents, really chill, good relationship, not the shit that like we went through and can be all day not talking to me or like focus on their business. And it's not like they're intentionally ignoring me. It's just that they they know they got me. So every text on night, good night, or like, what's up? But me always needed the adoration for my mom because I grew up with no dad and I had to be a father figure for my brother. I'm always like, uh, um, he's not texting me in three hours. Does he like me? Da, da, da. And then I used to scare guys off because I would obsessively and manically text. Like, and you know, when you're sitting in your room and you just have those like thoughts in your head, the anxious thoughts, like he's fucking someone else. Da-da-da. Like, am I not good enough? And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this all, this all just came from me just wanting to be loved. But I realized lately it was, I, all I needed was myself to love me. Like, that's it. Yep. Um, I know it's so powerful when you love yourself, right? It is. And it's so funny, like hearing you like say like what you just said. I, so we got me and my husband we got married in May and I remember like this might have been like June we just got married May of this year so like June probably I like looked over at him we were in bed one night and I was like do you like me (laughs) and he was like I'm what the hell I I literally married you why are you asking me if I like you but I'm like I just need to know like I know you married me but like do you like me 
like and just it's still like part of it hasn't like sunk in that like you know that you're worth it yeah like maybe not that I'm worth it but like that actually you know what no that I'm worth it you are see that's that self-doubt from our past that gets in there you know imposter syndrome is some real shit it's not we always think it's just about like career or like if you're going on audition I'm not good enough it's big in love too because I know I had relationships where I was like like my ex I used to he would just like look at me with such admiration for me and like desire and like I would I would sabotage it I'd be like yeah is he am I worth that? Am I really that hot? Or like, does he really like me? Does he like, do you know what I mean though? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that we have to question. We all fucking deserve love no matter who you are. But yeah, girl, that alone is a mind fuck. I get it. I, but yeah, it's reminding yourself like you deserve everything, Carly, all the good shit. You, you yeah. know, you deserve the house, the marriage and the love. And yes. we had rough childhood. So like, I understand the, like the subconscious trauma of like thinking that like, oh, the universe was against us from the jump, right? But I don't know. I feel like you, my brother, me, and then people with similar histories have, we've all succeeded and we all deserve everything and we're not perfect. So like, I, I think that mentality will be a consistent like journey for us, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, I'm proud of you, but- um, I'm proud I'm, of you. Oh, you're so cute. And I, I love it. Like you are so cute with the teary eye and everything. I'm like, this girl, she is amazing. Stop it. Yeah. Um. I okay so we'll leave off then with I want what what would be an advice that you would give or it could be a few things that you want to get whatever you feel like um to someone listening to this that is going through their own trauma or you know what even better yet if they think that they're not good enough what would Miss Carly like to tell them I'm gonna be corny mm-hmm. are I'm you ready I'm gonna I'm gonna be so corny oh my god you shouldn't have asked me this question um to quote a famous pop star uh oh okay it's gonna be corny yeah it's gonna be corny it's gonna be corny um hold your head up girl and you'll go far yeah that's it that is it like I I don't know what better advice you know what I mean like it's so okay to not have it all figured out like I I have parts of my life when I look back on it I'm like how the fuck did you do that like how did you survive that yeah like I don't even understand it and it feels like a blur right it feels like an like I feel like I've lost years of my life because I'm like how did you manage that because you're strong now you know it but you're right you look back at that shit and you're like yeah yeah like so hold your head up and you'll get through it you may not remember it in three years, but literally like, like, I don't even remember how I bought a house. You know what I mean? I'm like, how did I know how to buy a house? Like, I'm telling you, yo, my memory, I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> great. I'm like, what but it's fine. Like I, you know, I think that's something that you and I share is that because we've had such um rough lives and you know because I don't even want to say we had a rough life because we had so much adversity thrown our way that we had to overcome right it's not only made us stronger people who can empathize with other people but it also has made us so grateful for every little moment and every little thing 
Yeah, you're right. I think that's why I use the teary eye emoji so much because I'm literally always just like crying. <laughs> like any like anytime I book something or like someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, thank you so much. Because I, I try to practice gratitude. And you're right. I think we're thankful and we're, we're you're a hard ass worker. I'm a hard ass worker. Like it, it, we we're still rolling with the punches, you know, like we ain't stopping. No. Um, yeah, it is taking. But that's why I think we're manifesting good shit now, because I feel like when you're humble and you're grateful, especially with our backgrounds, um, yeah fuck it up like the universe sees that shit like i'm not religious but i'm spiritual and i think that like that law of attraction is happening you know 100 percent. yeah but you've been amazing and i'm so happy that i had you on this and i'm happy i can see your face i even i literally what was your what year was that you slept over 2013 2004 i don't remember it was literally flying by yeah I can't believe I'm seeing a grown ass woman on my Zoom cam right now. Oh. It's married. It's me. Um, I need to visit her. to LB ASAP. Like, you need to come or like come visit my brother in the city or something. Like, we yeah. need to do like dinner or come see where my mom's something. Yeah. I'd love to. Oh my God. And then we can watch the scary movie again and sleep on the floor. <laughs> like, li- like, yo. You are, you know, you're more than welcome any weekend to just like come through. I love it. I love your mom. Yeah. And then she can take us to that Thai place because she loves Thai food because it's not That's as greasy as Chinese. <laughs> That's like her. <laughs> the Thai food is not as greasy. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, Rock King is fucking amazing. They're so open. And I actually just ate there like two weeks ago. Shout out to Rock King. But yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Rock King and the bagel place. I forget the bagel place. Oh, 24 hour. You remember <laughs> everything. Obsessed. Yes. Okay. Yes. You have to come back. I have to come back. It's official. I'm coming back. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm expecting a DM. I'm going to get text my brother be like, I just had a great interview with Carly and we need to get her to come up here. <laughs> I'm coming. It's fine. I'm coming. Count me in. All right. Done. But um, take it easy, love. And I'm excited for this to be shared with the world. I am too. Thank you so much for having me. This is so great. I'm so excited for all of the great things that you are going to go on and do. And I love you so much. Thank you. Love you. Bye.